and welcome to UX Shortcast. Every day, I handpick the hottest articles from the last 24 hours to bring you the coolest and most exciting updates. Get ready for a quick yet catchy snapshot of what's new and buzzing in user experience. Ready to get inspired? Let's jump in. Today on January 23rd, I have the pleasure of inviting you to another episode of UX Shortcast. Article 1 titled, Design is not a thing. The R1 flaw, interview advice, social computing, serves as a treasure trove of insights for designers and thinkers. It begins with a personal anecdote about creativity's uncertainties, shared by Fabricio Teixeira. The piece then delves into curated resources, highlighting the multifaceted nature of design as an intersection of constraints, the evolving role of UX researchers, and the integration of UX research within organizations. Editor picks include thought-provoking discussions on the trade-offs of AI-generated art versus stock images, the timeless relevance of golden rules in interface design, and the intrinsic value of design time. The article also shares little gems like the limitations of voice input as a primary interface, the concept of technology as a coach rather than a co-pilot, and a guide to social computing for designers. For practical advice, it offers interview tips to avoid over-explaining, using AI in 3D rendering, and secrets to effective font pairing. The article concludes by encouraging readers to support the newsletter through various means. In article number two titled Elevating Web 3 Design Experiences, Oleksii Tatarko shares valuable insights from his two-year journey into Web 3 design. He emphasizes the importance of accessibility, ensuring that designs cater to all users, including those with disabilities. Key tips include using a minimum font size of 16px, maintaining high contrast ratios, selecting legible fonts like Roboto and Inter, and providing clear instructions. Tatarko also highlights Jakob Nielsen's web writing guidelines, which advocate for scannable, concise content with highlighted keywords and meaningful subheadings. For typography, he suggests a set of six readable fonts and recommends aligning text with a grid and setting appropriate line heights. The article concludes with essential Web3 design guidelines that focus on aesthetics, minimizing cognitive load, and aligning with users' mental models. Tatarko's goal is to guide designers in creating not only functional but also delightful and universally accessible Web3 experiences. In article number three, What to Consider When Designing for Dyslexia, Eleni Shach delves into the importance of creating accessible digital content for individuals with dyslexia. Dyslexia, a common learning difficulty, affects reading, writing, and spelling, but is not linked to intelligence. The article emphasizes that inclusive design enhances the user experience for everyone, not just those with dyslexia. Key considerations for designers include avoiding large blocks of heavy text and high contrast levels which can cause visual discomfort. Instead, using gray tones and ensuring adequate line height can improve readability. Font choice is critical. Dyslexia-friendly options like Open Dyslexic, Arial, Helvetica, Comic Sans, Verdana, and Tahoma help prevent confusion between similar-looking characters. The article also advises against using long, complex copy and justified text alignment, recommending simple language, short sentences, and left-aligned text for better readability. 
Tools like the Stark plugin can assist designers in checking contrast, simulating vision types, and ensuring legibility. Ultimately, the article encourages embracing inclusivity in design to make the digital world accessible and welcoming for all users. In article number four, titled Planning is Procrastination, Just Do the Thing, the author, Jorge Valencia, challenges the notion that detailed planning is essential for successful execution. He argues that while planning is a valuable tool, it often becomes a procrastination tactic that delays actual work. Drawing from his experience in digital product design, Valencia advocates for a more action-oriented approach, emphasizing the importance of execution over meticulous planning. Valencia points out that ideas are merely multipliers of execution. Even a mediocre idea can excel with proper execution, while a brilliant idea is worthless if poorly executed. He references lean and agile methodologies as frameworks that prioritize action and iterative development over extensive planning. The article criticizes long-term detailed plans, suggesting they are often fictional and fail to account for real-world variables. Instead, Valencia recommends starting with a clear product vision and broad strokes, using agile methods to quickly produce, get feedback, and iterate. He encourages starting small and avoiding the trap of waiting for perfect conditions or overcomplicating the initial steps. By taking action, we can overcome procrastination, complexity, and fear, ultimately leading to tangible progress and learning through doing. In the insightful article number five, Why Not Become a UX Designer in 2024 by Dominic Lyko, published on UX Planet, the burgeoning appeal of a career in UX design is explored amidst a digital revolution. As we edge closer to 2024, the article prompts readers to question the lucrativeness of the UX design profession, highlighting the market's oversaturation post-economic crisis and the pandemic-induced shift to remote learning. This has led to a surge in entry-level designers and a scarcity of junior positions, intensifying competition. To stand out, Lyco suggests building a remarkable portfolio, showcasing a variety of projects that reflect one's expertise and design philosophy. Networking is also crucial. Attending industry events and engaging on platforms like LinkedIn can increase visibility. Lastly, Staying updated with UX trends is essential for continuous improvement and innovation. By following these strategies, one can aim to be among the top 1% of entry-level UX designers. In article number six, titled Habits of German Users in the E-Commerce Sector, Mert Guler explores the unique behaviors of German consumers in online shopping. The article emphasizes the importance of user-centric design and the NE-ED for businesses to adapt and refine their processes to cater to user needs. It highlights that Germany ranks fifth in Europe for e-commerce spending, with a strong preference for online over traditional shopping. Interestingly, Germans lead in purchasing pharmaceuticals online, a trend not as common in other European countries. The article also notes that German consumers value low prices, time savings, and a wide range of options, often using smartphones for shopping and seeking discounts. Despite a recent 9% decline in e-commerce due to the Ukraine war and post-pandemic shifts, 
certain sectors like event sales have seen significant growth. Dominated by Amazon and Auto, the German online market is competitive, making it challenging for smaller retailers to stand out. In article number seven, titled Your Notion Page Never Lasts, Benjamin Lobos discusses the common pitfall of Notion users who create aesthetically pleasing pages with the intention of organizing their lives, only to find these pages abandoned over time. The article delves into the reasons why these pages, despite their initial appeal, fail to sustain user engagement. Lobos suggests that the issue isn't with Notion itself, but rather with the user's approach to transitioning from chaos to order. He proposes a three-part solution based on his extensive experience with the platform, focusing on the importance of building lasting pages through understanding failure, practicing elimination, and fostering organic creation. The article aims to guide users in making their Notion pages more effective and enduring. In article number eight, titled, One Effective Prompt to Overcome a Designer's Idea Block, Edward Chichik shares a valuable AI prompt to help designers generate a multitude of product ideas, especially when facing creative blocks. The prompt is not a one-size-fits-all solution, but rather a starting point to expedite brainstorming, allowing designers to begin with a range of ideas rather than a blank slate. Chachike outlines a structured format for the prompt, which designers can customize with specific details about their product, the design needs, user profiles, the user's pain points, and any additional information. By filling in these details, designers can leverage AI to produce concrete, actionable ideas. The article provides an example of how to use the prompt effectively, resulting in 10 detailed design suggestions for a complex banking application for account managers. Chechike emphasizes the importance of filtering these AI-generated ideas, making necessary adjustments to the prompt for better results, and exploring other large language models, LLMs, for varied outcomes. In summary, the article offers a practical tool for designers to break through idea blocks and enhance their efficiency by harnessing the power of AI in the creative process. Thank you for listening, and I invite you to another dose of knowledge tomorrow.